0: Lake Church. Good Hallelujah. God is good. What a powerful weekend we've had already. Yes. Um, excited about men's breakfast yesterday. And Karen, she had a Bible study at our house last night. And we've got some good Bible studies going all around. Everywhere where Lake Church uh, has people living and breathing, we've got some kind of Bible study for people to attend. Who was able to? attend any one of those things this uh, weekend. Anybody? All right. Well, a good group of you were able to attend that. Amen? God is good, and He is certainly uh, speaking through the house. Amen? And uh, giving us some good insight into what He desires for 2024. And so as I began to pray about this new year, the Lord began to uh, speak to me about going back and just getting uh, teaching uh, on God's original design, his original design for us as human beings, as humanity, because that is really what is under attack right now, is the original design of man and God's plan for humanity. The enemy wants to bring in chaos, and he wants to bring it in through all kinds of different avenues and realms. Uh, we have chaos within the uh, identity of a man and a woman. We've got chaos and identity towards sexual liberty and sexual expression. We've got chaos when it comes to, you know, various belief systems and social structures and social justice and all of this stuff that is just coming down the pike that is confusing people. And causing a new normal. They want a new normal. And how they achieve a new normal is through chaos. And that's what happened in 2020. They upped the level of chaos. That chaos was incited. It was deliberate. It was not something that was accidental. It was something that was planned. And you know what? We need to be ready in this day and in this season to be ready for all that the enemy has because Jesus has defeated him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we've been looking at the original design and I am going to get to my board today. And uh, so you'll be able to, to understand what that is. But I want to look at Colossians chapter one, and I don't have some of these scriptures in my, you won't see them on the screen. So I'm glad people bring their Bibles to church. Amen. It is good to bring your Bible to church. Amen? It's important for us to realize that Jesus didn't call you necessarily just to be a devoted Christian. There's a lot of mistaken ideas about what a Christian is. And uh, Christian, the term was given to believers in Christ as a negative. It was a, a condemning Christian christian is what they would call, you know, Christian. And it just simply means little Christ. And it was meant to be a put down. Uh it was meant to be demeaning. But even the enemy cannot call us anything other than who we are. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. And uh we've got to understand that it what you know, most people the the bulk of their Christian life is I'm trying to live the best life I can to honor God. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing to do. However, if the basis of your life is that, you're going to be frustrated. You know what? I was telling Kevin this the other day, you know, Uh, we're trying to become something we already are. I don't see a tree sitting there with a book, How to Be a Tree. I don't see them. You see what I'm saying? You've got to begin to understand you are a new creation. Christ lives on the inside of you. If you are born again here today, Jesus Christ dwells and abides and lives on the inside of you. His nature, power, authority, and government is within you. Jesus said the kingdom of God doesn't come through observation. He said the kingdom of God is within you, within the believer. And so really we need to activate an awareness of who we are rather than trying to become. Okay. Because you don't see a tree, you know, I mean a pear tree going, oh, pears, pears, pears. I'm making my confession for pears that I'm going to make pears. No. Because it's made that way, it produces the fruit. And see, many of us are trying to produce the fruit of the Spirit through the flesh. Amen. Amen. Well, if I could just be good enough, if I can dot every I, if I can cross every T, if I can check every box today, then that is what determines whether or not I have a healthy relationship with God or I have an unhealthy relationship with God. Nothing could be further from the truth. I don't know about you, but I've walked with the Lord enough to know that in my darkest times is when the Lord's closest to me. When I messed up, when I've done something that I shouldn't have done. Praise God, He's right there with me every step of the way. He said, He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Amen? Because the tendency when you're doing everything right is to get puffed up in pride. And God hates that. God just, he, you know, He knows the pride from afar off. It doesn't mean He doesn't have you in His hand. He just got you like a stinky diaper right out here. He still got you. <laughs> See, it's brokenness contrite heart, you know, realizing that we aren't so that we can come to a reality of who he is. Amen. And so this is vital and important for us to understand. But most people will assess their spiritual quality by how many books they read, how many classes they took, how many podcasts they take in, how many chapters they read. Now, I'm all for all that. I I do it. I do it. But I'm not trying to be something through those things. They're feeding what I already am. See, it's a a big, it's a paradigm shift, isn't it? Just like that thermostat over there. I can have Tom go up there and click that thing over a couple, just a couple of degrees, and it'll totally change the temperature. Well, you know, many things in, in our spiritual walk with the Lord are just little, little tweaks. Just a little click over here. And it changes everything. It can go from being cold to warm. It can be, go, be, you know, warm to cold just by just a click. And many of us are trying to make great big strides, you know. And we just really need to realize that it's the little small degrees that changes the environment of our life. Amen? And so <clears throat> we've been talking about prehistory. We've been talking about the fact that, uh, yes, Genesis chapter 4 through 11 is real history. And if it's not real history, then John three sixteen is compromised. Because you can't say the Bible's not real in some passages and believe that it's real in others. It's either the inerrant true word of God or it's nothing at all. It's just a bunch of stories. I happen to believe, and I hope that you do too, that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant word of God. Now, understand this, that English translations is not the true, come on, the Greek, the Aramaic, and the Hebrew is the true, living, breathe word from God. Bible translations have to be judged and have to be studied and have to be looked at from original language sources in order for me to get the true meaning of anything. If I'm just going to surface read this stuff, just it's just like taking a spade and just going across the top of the soil. But if I want to dig deep, then I need to go to the original sources. Amen? That's the reason why we use a lot of Greek and Hebrew words, even though I'm not a Greek scholar. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. But I've got a phone. And I've got books. And there is absolutely no excuse for any Christian to be ignorant in this world today. Absolutely none. Because you have the same tools that theologians had back in the day. They they, they would love to have what you have. But yet there's just this disregard for it. Absolute disregard and, and ignorance of the scripture. Amen? The Bible says people are destroyed for their lack of what? Their lack of knowledge. And and the devil will use what you do not know against you. Amen. He'll just make you think that's the way life's supposed to be lived. This is just who I am and what I'm supposed to be. But the Bible doesn't declare those things. The Bible declares the truth about you. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if we want truth, we're going to go to the word of God. Amen. So is the word of God true? Every single line, every single story, every single, in God's history is history. And I told you that the greatest cover-up of history is the cover-up of history. They don't want you to know this stuff. The devil does not want you to know any of this stuff. Because it goes against the Darwinian narrative. It goes against the evolutionary ideology that has permeated our culture. The enemy brought in the Darwinian mindset into humanity to deceive it into believing that they were not created by a loving God, that they were created by an accident, by primordial soup being struck by lightning and animating itself, that something became something out of absolutely nothing, Then it's not true. But the true step over in the Darwinian monologue is this. Is that if it could happen here, then it'll happen in other worlds as well. Do you see what I'm saying? So here we have this idea that we came from an accident. So how many more exoplanets are there out there that have inhabited, you know... Um, cosmogenies okay all right well I'm here to tell you that the present UAP or UFO phenomenon that's in the world is not going away and it is not something that is going to lessen it is going to intensify and it is and you're going to see it more and more Jesus predicted this Jesus taught us this but we've got to be wise as a serpent and understand. Otherwise, we're going to fall for the greatest deception that is going to come upon planet Earth, which is that these are our aliens that seeded us and gave us the DNA to become human beings. And that's coming down the pike very, very soon. In fact, the Catholic Church has already prepared for this situation to address it. There are uh, governments that are preparing for this type of disclosure. The Bible teaches us the truth. Right. Amen. That's right. Amen? Amen? There are no such thing as alien visitors coming from billions of miles away from Zeta Reticuli... <laughs> Are from the Pleiades. These are entities that are well acquainted with our world. Want to dominate our world. And want to enslave humanity. In the old days they used to call them gods. Now they call them greys. And reptilians. And Pleiades and celestials and all the various new age names that there is but you have to understand something about the devil if you're interested in any of crime stories and my wife she watches those crime stories I don't know how she goes to bed at night (laughs) talking about people cutting people up and Packing them up and selling them at research, you know. I mean, come on now. I mean, just some wild stuff, man. I'm just sitting there going, my gosh. People do some crazy stuff in their house, man. Crazy stuff. Make you suspicious of everybody. But you know when they are looking for a perpetrator, someone that's doing a life of crime, they'll have multiple aliases, a.k.a.'s. And the enemy has a lot of aliases, and he begins to paint himself in different light, in different pictures, according to the culture and times, because he's into deception. So that means what works for one generation may not work for the next generation, so he has to mask himself a different way. And he's masking himself right now and his kingdom as aliens, Okay, now you might be sitting here. I came to church to hear about Jesus. I'm telling you about Jesus. Now let's look at Colossians chapter one, verse sixteen, verse fifteen. Talking about Jesus, he said he's the image of the invisible God. So that means this: that anything we see Jesus do in the Gospels is God. If God, if, if Jesus healed the sick, God heals the sick. If he casts out devils. God casts out devil. Come on now. Anything that Jesus did right. is God. So that means that that's the measure. That's the measure. See, Satan is known as the accuser. Yes. Right. In fact, the word devil just simply means accuser. It's not a, it's not a proper name. It's, a, it's an adjective. Okay, it describes his activity. He's a slanderer. He's an accuser. He brings up argument, controversy, and strife, and contention. He mars the image and smears and character assassinates. That's what he does. So the number one entity or personality that he seeks to smear is not you, my friend. It's him. Right. That's right. So if he can get you to think that he took your child that he took your spouse away, or he afflicted you with disease, then he's done his job. But the Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And if we look at Jesus, I never saw Jesus put sickness on anybody. I never saw Jesus take anybody's life. I know this is Sesame Street, but I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, people wrestle with this stuff. They wrestle with it. Notice this. He's the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. Who? By Jesus. Jesus is God. By him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Now notice this. Visible and invisible. Oh, you didn't get that. Visible and invisible. Anything I can see with my eyes and anything I can't see with my eyes. I'm telling you what security we have in him to know that Jesus is the creator of all things that I can see. But you know what? All things I can't see. Amen. Amen so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Notice this, invisible or visible, whether thrones or dominions. What's he talking about? What's he talking about, thrones and dominions? Is he talking about earthly rulers? Absolutely not. He's talking about heavenly rulers. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. need to realize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness that are in the heavenly places. God set forth, as we saw last week, now see, guys, I apologize, because this subject has has been going through me for six years now, and I'm really like that dog that you go visit that wets itself because it's so excited, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, you don't want, you, you know, you go to pet it, you know, I mean, it just... Because this stuff is just surging through me, and I apologize if I machine gun it or shotgun it or whatever. I'm trying to be more disciplined in in how I bring this forward. So you pray for me, all right? Because this stuff is important. It's important for you to understand that. Too many people have been in the dark about this stuff. Churches won't teach it. They'd rather teach how to be the best version of you. And I'm here to tell you, friend, there is no best version of you. The problem with you is you found you. The gospel puts you to death. The cross puts you to death. That's, how, that's what God thinks about you. <laughs> he slayed you in Christ. So that you could be resurrected to newness of life and have Christ live on the inside of you. I'm not trying to find me. Come on. I found him a long time ago and, and he sucks. Come on. Yes. Amen. He just stinks, man. I'm a whole lot happier just allowing Jesus to live his life through me. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to take my time. All right? Okay. Can I take my time? Can I be all right? Is it all right? Can you give me till four today? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. God, people get nervous. Let's look over at uh, Peter, Second Peter. Or I'm, I'm a bilingual guy. Second Pedro. Didn't know that I was. Multilingualistic. Okay, all right. Let's look at chapter 3 and verse number 4. It says, They will say, No, let's go up to verse 3. He says, Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. Boy, I've seen that. I tell you what, I've seen some teachers that I really trusted, you know, on social media just saying some stupid stuff. In regards to the rapture, in regards to the end times, in regards to what we're talking about. Stuff that's just just the fact that they don't want to believe in the supernatural narrative of the scripture. See, our goal over the last 10 years was to really highly esteem the scripture and begin to focus on the supernatural aspects of it. Because that's really what's been uh, dominating the church world is Jeffersonian theology. And Jeffersonian theology is theology devoid of the supernatural. It's devoid of the power of God. It just takes the teachings of Jesus as some kind of moral lessons and causes us to apply them into our lives to become better people or more educated people or more enlightened people. However, it doesn't say anything about new life. In fact, Jefferson in his Jeffersonian Bible Took out the entire book of Revelation. Just took it out. Hello. Now, that's kind of sad that one of the founding fathers of our nation, you know, would be that way and be that blind, you know, to the thing. He, he took out the miracles of Jesus, didn't, didn't believe in them. Well, guess what? That ideology came into the church. And so you have people highly educated with, with letters behind their names. And we all revere them because they look so good. They wear you know, their t- suit and ties and they sit there and tell us and they read from a book they don't even believe. Come on. Come on. Come on. And we've got to get back. Those people back in those times were not ignorant people. In fact, they were probably a little bit more educated than we are when it comes to the things of God. But we think that they're cavemen following around dragging rocks around. Adam was a sophisticated creation. He was an intelligent creation. He was able to name all of the species of animals. He was not a troglodyte. He was not someone that was holed up in a cave and looking to rub two sticks together to make fire. He wasn't dragging women by the hair to his cave. Hello? Hello? We've got to get rid of this ideology, get rid of this stuff and start taking the Bible literally. Because the Bible is meant to be taken literal until it proves to you otherwise it should not. Because there's allegory. And there's other types of ways of conveying information that are in the Bible as well. But when I look at history, I've got to take it as history. Amen? Amen? And I hate to sit here and talk about this because I think we should be past this. We should have had the baton pass and been far down the track. But there's been so much effort on the part of the enemy to sabotage our faith by undermining these stories and beginning to say, oh, well, that didn't really happen. That was just a story that was passed down, passed down, passed down, passed down. Okay? Okay? And so we've got scoffers. What are they scoffing about? He said, they will say, verse four. Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. They said it's just been the same. They've been saying that for years. I remember I got upset one time. I went to church and they talked about the rapture. I was afraid of missing the rapture. I was about eight years old. <laughs> You know what my parents told me? (laughs) They've been saying that for years. Hello. But these people aren't just saying that. They're actually mocking and ridiculing it. They're actually calling it, uh, well, you're just an escapist. You're just wanting to escape the tribulation. Duh. (laughs) Isn't that the stupidest statement you ever heard in your life? Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Jesus provided the escape hatch. I'm going to go through it. You can stay here if you want to. Tell the antichrist hi for me. I'm going to be up with the Lord. Come on. You can just tell him. Come on. Jesus calls it an escape. He says in Luke chapter 21, he sees that you keep yourself aware in these times so that you'll be worthy to escape the things that are coming upon the earth. Jesus said that. My goodness gracious. We just need to believe gentle Jesus. Believe what he says, but they'll mock you for it. They'll mock you. Amen. Okay. Notice what it says. It says, for they deliberately overlook this fact. And this is a fact that's been overlooked in the church today. And this is what we're talking about with our board here. That the heavens existed long ago. Okay? Now, when it means long ago, it means long ago. I've looked it up in the Greek. Long ago means long ago. It means a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away, it means a long time, okay? So I'm not a young earth guy, okay? Now, there are segments, and I I don't hold anything against them. They have their particular slant on it and believe the earth is just 6,000 years old. I do not believe that. I believe the regeneration of the earth in the scheme of of Adam from our time is 6,000 years but I believe the earth is much older. And I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it. Because right here we have this <clears throat> first three little earths here. And uh, basically what we're going to have here is we've got the original creation. And then we have something that happened that created utter chaos. Now through that chaos, God, in the starting from the fourth verse on to the 26th verse, begins to restore what has been destroyed through this chaos, okay? He begins to restore the earth. And then eventually we'll come to the new heaven and the new earth. So there we have what is known as three earth ages. Three earth ages. I don't know the time on them. Nobody knows what the time is. In fact, there are some expositors that will tell you that where we read our first scripture in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth is that could have been out of time. Okay? So we don't, don't really know. But by using the word beginning, means the clock. Yeah, right. the beginning, beginning. You see what I'm saying? Because it's in reference to time. Okay? And, and in fact, light... Light itself is a measure of time. Did you know that? It's a measure of time. You study physics, it's a measure of time. So we understand that, that, that time happened immediately and that God created a timetable in which he was going to deal with the rebellion of Lucifer and his angels and also anyone that would ally himself with right. Satan, okay, which Adam did, right. all right? So he's got a timetable. It's known as an Earth lease. Okay, yeah. so when he uh, refurbished the earth, he gave man dominion over a period of time. Right. He said, I'm going to write you a lease. I'll write you a lease, 6,000 years. Okay, and see, Satan came in and he subletted, Adam subletted his lease. <laughs> Come on, yeah. he, he, he thought it'd be nice to rent Satan a little room in this house. Just give him a little room. But no, Satan said, I want the whole house. And I don't only want the whole house, I want you. Okay, so it, what started out as seemingly good on Adam's part, it turned out to be a mess. Just like you, you know, you got a couple of rooms in your house, Kirby, you know, yeah. you want to make a little bit of money. Yeah. And so you decide, you know, hey, this guy comes in, he looks like he's got it all together. He looks like he's got the grip, he's got the money, he's got the stuff. And you just say, hey, yeah. I'm going to rent this room out for you for $250. It's going to offset all of your expenses. It's going to pay your heating bill, everything. You just think everything's going to be great. Yeah. And all of a sudden they start bringing the stuff in animals, a goat, Hello. toilets plugged up. Come on now. It just gets bad. It just goes from bad to worse. Okay. And that's kind of the situation we're using humor to show forth what the illustration is. See, so we we understand that um, that when Adam gave his authority over see he didn't see here 's a mistake adam didn't give his dominion to the devil because dominion is flesh based. Do you understand the difference? authority is spirit based but Dominion has to do with this stuff that's around your skeleton. Because he gave authority and dominion to man. Man is a classification of being. Are you with me today? That means that even God has selected to work through man. And so for God to be able to... Have dominion on the earth, he does the dominion through his man. Well, Satan, in order to get dominion, he has to own man. And he owned man. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. He owned man outright. And he thought he would own man throughout eternity because no man could free himself. A slave cannot free a slave. Okay? So he has been given authority. And that's the reason why he says clearly to Jesus in the fourth chapter of Matthew and in the fourth chapter of Luke. He shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, these have been given unto me. And I'll give you all the authority of these kingdoms if you'll just bow down to me. See, even Satan knows that he cannot directly bring himself in. Now, he'll get there because he's creating, you see, uh, an Antichrist to embody. And he'll eventually get there. Just like God incarnated Christ and he became the God-man, there will be a a, a Satan-man, a seed of the serpent. You understand what I'm saying? He'll he'll, he'll inhabit. In fact, he practiced it on Judas. Did you know that? He actually went into Judas. Now, this is a fallen angel. This is someone that is superior to a demon. Absolutely superior. But he decided to inhabit Judas so that Judas would betray the Lord. Do you understand that? So, this time limit is very important to understand. Because Satan knows that his time is short. And that's the reason why you're seeing the things that are going on in the world today. Okay? I find it interesting that Israel became a nation again in 1948. But in 1947, UFOs started coming on the scene. And the reason why it did is because there is a chess match that is going on. In which he is... Amping up his ability to deceive the world because Israel becoming a nation was prophesied in that book that you hold. And he knew exactly what that happens. If people got a hold of that, they'd say, you know what? God's word's true. I might need to to think about that. So he had to bring in some kind of substitute. Hello. Now, you guys getting all upset about this politics and things of that nature. You need to understand that Satan has set this up a lot like WWE. And anything you fight over on social media. I see some of you fighting over and I'm going to call you out. Hello? You're falling for the old trick. Because the enemy always brings in a heel. Always. Always. Because they want you to focus on the heel. They want you to cheer the hero and hate the heel. But what if the heel is the hero? Somebody asked me, what's the kingdom of darkness like? Well, I'll tell you what the kingdom of darkness is like. It's like wrestling. It's like casinos. Because guess what? There ain't no window in a casino. You want to know why there ain't no window in a casino? They don't want you to know what's going on outside. There's no clocks in a casino. They don't want you to know what time it is. Some of you are looking a little sheepish right now. Um, (laughs) And what's the other? A plantation, a slave plantation. where slaves would have their own little compound, their own little house, be able to raise their own families, but they were never free, ever free, ever, ever. That's what the kingdom of darkness is like, but yet people want to party on in the kingdom of darkness and don't realize that just because they're experiencing some freedom in their flesh, they think that they're free in their spirit, and they're not. They're, they're totally locked in. Satan is very good at making a velvet noose around your neck. It's nice and, ooh, I feel so good. (laughs) But, boy, he will get you. It'll hang you just like an old nasty old rope. It'll hang you. Amen? Okay? So there's time. And, in fact, when Jesus cast the demons out of the demoniac of Gadara, how many remember that story in the Scripture, fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark? They said, have you come to torment us what? Before the time, before the lease is up. See, we've got a right to be here right now. You see, you try to evict somebody out of that room, they've got rights. They can go down to the judge and they can stay there. And some stay there indefinitely. I've seen people squat and take a house over. Just take it over. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to squat here and make this his mess to where God will just have to legally forget about it. People say, well, you know, the devil knows he can't beat God. It's foolish of him to think that he can war against God. Well, it's absolutely foolish. Absolutely, I agree with you. But he believes he can do it. And what's sad to say, there are people that believe he can too. And there are people that you're listening on your MP3 player. watching on your celluloid, celluloid movies and right. those people believe that right. they're part of the Luciferian elite. Yeah. They yeah. believe he can win yeah. because they know it's a legal battle. Yeah. It's not about force. No. Not about force at all. No. It's not that he's big and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, guess what? Satan is not the yin to God's yang. Oh. He is a created being. He is subpar and underneath God. In fact, when you study the Scripture, guys, you need to understand that he's not boxing against God the Father. He's trying to usurp the throne of the Son. Okay. All right. I told you, I was just wetting all over myself. I apologize again. (laughs) My wife will get some towels, and we'll clean it up, and we'll start all over. Okay? Okay. All right, I, I, you know, am I making sense? Because I sometimes I just think, my gosh, what, what did I just lay out here? Okay, I got some chunky peanut butter for you. No milk, no milk, no milk. No milk. i going to have to choke it down. Choke it down. Okay. He says, for they deliberately overlooked the fact that the heavens existed long ago. I'm going to prove this to you. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Let's go to Ecclesiastes here. That's where the pages of your Bible still stick together. Ecclesiastes, the the wisest man on earth, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, Solomon wrote this. And notice what he says in verse number 10 of chapter 1. He says, is there anything of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already. Let me read that again because you're looking at me strange. Is there anything of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. See, the enemy uses history against us. And in fact, we're seeing that happen as our history has been taken away from us or rewritten because those that control history control the future okay so if we can rewrite history and basically make the United States of America a cellular racist then we can preach that all through it'll permeate throughout the population and people will begin to get a hatred for their own country but that's not true We're the only nation that ever fought a war to abolish slavery. No other nation in the world ever fought a war to abolish slavery. In fact, many nations of the world today still have slavery in them. Okay? Let's go back to our scripture. For they deliberately overlooked the fact that in the heavens existed long ago, and the earth, and the earth. Did the earth exist long ago? Is that what the Bible says? Yes, Yes, it does. It says that. Long ago, is that 6,000 years or more than 6,000 years? Well, I believe it's more. I believe it's more than 6,000 years. Because I shared with you that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's a period there, and it says, and the earth became without form or void. So something happened in between. It's known as the gap theory, but it's not a theory. Because I showed you that a period in the scripture To the next sentence could be hundreds of years, even thousands of years. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So he says the earth existed long ago, was formed out of the water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of those the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. Okay. Now, he's not talking about Noah's flood here. He's talking about another flood that happened. A flood that is shown to us through the second verse. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of what? Waters. Okay? Now, notice he uses this word deluged with water and perished okay Noah's flood did not destroy the world it destroyed every living creature that was on the in the world except for the animals that were stored in the ark and eight people I'm telling you the enemy works so fast and so sure that out of billions of people because people will tell you they will say, if you take the chronological order in the, in the ages of the patriarchs and the, earth, the first people upon the Earth living under a thousand years, that there could be 10 billion people on the Earth at the time of Noah's flood. Now it was a different world entirely. We'll talk a little bit more about it. It was a wild world. You talk about the Wild West, it was wild. Okay, because it was uh, uh, an age in which uh, angels intermarried with women and created hybrid beings, Nephilim beings. And these were the men of renown. These were the gods of the earth, and these were worshipped, and this was Satan's kingdom coming into full manifestation after Adam had given him the earthlies. He started bringing in his stuff into Kirby's room. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he comes to Kirby and he says, you know, I really like the room. It's really nice, but I need that other room. And guess what? You might need to get you a little outhouse there, because I'm going to take the bathroom over, too. I'm going to take it over. And guess what? The hallway. Can I put a little gate here? Can I put a little (laughs) gate here kind of keep you out of here? And and then, you know, the living room. Let's talk about that. Oh, no. Because I got some people that. They need a. They need to sleep on your couch, yeah. and so uh, he begins to build his world yeah. into the world, right. and he begins to corrupt That's right. humanity. See, people say, "Well, you know, God, He's so mean and nasty. Just because they were, just because they were doing bad things, He destroyed them." That's not true, because if that was the case, we'd been flooded already. If anybody deserves a flood, no, this is a love story. What you hold in your hands is a love story. God wanted to preserve the human race. He wanted to save the human race. The human race had been corrupted. Corrupted first through sin and disobedience. Corrupted secondly by the inception of the Watchers and what they did to humanity, creating hybrid beings that weren't even human anymore. In fact, they'll say this, well, you know, those people were living, you know, in Canaan land in peace and harmony, and God just come in there and told them to destroy them, man, woman, and child, and pets. What God asked Joshua to destroy was seven Nephilim tribes. Hello. Because there were people in the land that stayed in the land. Oh, come on now. See, he, he is a master at smearing God. He's a master at it. And if he can get you to believe that God is into genocide. How can you believe he'll heal you? How can you believe he loves you? So he gives all these narratives. And guess what? They're not preached by Larry King and and, and, and Oprah Winfrey. They're preached by people who sit over here. And use fear to manipulate people into believing. Jesus didn't preach fear. He preached the kingdom. So he says the world that then existed. What's he talking about? He's talking about in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. He says the earth was without form. It was in the chaotic. The actual where it says the earth was. The word was. Really should be translated became. Because it is a Hebrew word that means had become or had turned. Okay? So the earth became. God didn't create the earth without form and void. God doesn't create useless things. He doesn't create things in vain. But yet the earth had become void. It had become vain what happened okay so the first earth age ended in a flood a world that then existed or the world that then was are you with me here today it says was deluged with water and perished but by the same word the heavens and earth that now exist underline that that now exist which is this See, we got an earth that then was. Are you seeing this? There was an earth that then was. We see in the second verse of of Genesis 1 that it became chaos, but now we're in the earth that now is. The earth that now is is also the earth that was flooded in Noah's day because nothing changed. Okay? Okay? Now, notice this. And that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment, destruction of the ungodly. So this will end after the tribulation period. God's going to burn this thing up. So we don't need to get so used to it and be, you know, hello, put our roots in it. It's going to be burned up. Now, drop down to verse number 13. It says, but according to his promise, we are waiting. How many of you are waiting? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a new heavens and a new earth. So there we have three earth ages. We don't know how long they are. We don't have any time span, but there's three earth ages. Okay? So what happened? What happened? Well, the Bible does give us insight as to what happened. Now, I have the scriptures written here. Let's turn to Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Okay, now how many of you former denominational people, I'm not going to point out any denomination because almost all denominations say this, is, is believed that, Satan was the choir director of heaven. Okay. And apparently God and him had some altercation over what songs he was singing or something like that. I don't know what they're doing. And there was a rebellion. There was a coup. He said, well, I ain't going to listen to you, God. I'm going to take some members and we're going to start our own. Well, that's it it. in simplicity, but it's not necessarily biblical, okay? He was not the choir director of heaven. What the Bible describes him as, as we'll see in these first two verses, because I don't have much time to, to go into them. We'll have to go into them next week, is it's going to show you That Satan, as he became known, because that's not his name. His name's not Satan. You want to know his name? It's not Lucifer. Lucifer comes from the Latin Vulgate. It's just a translation of what is in the original Hebrew, which is Hallel Ben Shikar. That's his name, Hallel. And in fact, if you take that and you use syncretism, which is the ability to trace his name throughout the different cultures of the world because once the Tower of Babel happened and languages were spread out in the world the names changed and so he's known by many different names he's known to the Greeks as Zeus in fact Jesus even referred to him as Zeus you know Jesus got jokes (laughs) did you know that Luke chapter 10 he says I beheld Satan fall like what was that next word lightning who holds lightning bolts zeus does so he's basically making fun of of satan as zeus now zeus in the canaanite religion is Baal. okay so you take these gods and basically they're just different names in each culture okay and so the fallen angels are really the gods of the nations Okay, they were worshipped as gods. And that's the reason why they got a head start. They created their religions before, you see, uh, Abraham could create a nation. So they were able to create, you know, Hinduism and all the different isms before, you know, Egyptian, uh, you know, religion, all of that was before even Judaism. Before. In fact, there was almost a 2,000-year head start Amen? And so people will say, well, you know, Christianity and Judaism, it's relatively new. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. Because God said, okay, right. you want these gods? You go take them with you. Yeah. You create what you want to create, and I'm going to take one man. One man. Yeah. And I'm not just going to take any man. I'm going to take a pagan of the pagans. I'm going to take Abraham, who is the son of Nimrod's idol maker. And I'm going to take this pagan that worships the moon, and I'm going to change him. And see, Abraham's a type of the new birth. He was a pagan that believed in other gods. But when God appeared to him, he believed God and he was changed into a Hebrew. Did you know that a Hebrew is just a type of the new creation? Are you with me? So he begins to create this, this one man nation. Seventy of them go into Egypt and they come out millions And then he gives them the law after thou, a couple thousand years of them of Osiris and Isis and Ra and yeah all that's gone. So really to get an idea most Bible expositors will tell you that you've got to go back to the religion of the Sumerians to really get an idea of who these fallen angels were. And what the name of Satan was. Now the name of Satan was Halel in the Hebrew. But it's Enlil. In the Sumerian. And in every. Now listen to me. In every culture where there is. You know some type of mythology. Or cosmogony of gods. One story is a prevailing story. Whether it's Zeus They attack their father. Are you with me? Zeus, you see, he went after the Titans. And his father was Kronos. So he went and he put Kronos in prison in the belly of the earth. And he ruled the earth. Zeus separated heaven and earth. Enlil did it to his father God, which was Ai. He created a barrier between heaven and earth. Well, guess what? Hillel, through his covenant with Adam, created a barrier between heaven and earth. Do you understand that? In every culture, yeah. we think we, you know this this gospel has been around for two thousand years. Now it was preached way farther back than that. It just wasn't seen as the gospel. But the gospels in the Old Testament, yeah. it's all through it. Yeah. So this word that's come in around two thousand years into human history has been con- continuing to seep into. The earth culture continuing to seep, God's Word continuing to build into the generations and into the structure and into the civilization. And what the Word of God does is it reverses what Satan has built over and over and over again, the world system that is constantly upgrading, that is constantly changing. Okay? So his word is going forth. But guess what? Satan has his own gospel. He paints himself as the Savior. He says, God didn't want you to know these things. But I did. God doesn't care about you. Otherwise, he'd tell you everything. See, what we have to understand about the angelic realm. Now, I'm going to close with this because I went too long. All right? What, I, what I'm going to tell you about the angelic realm is, is they didn't receive knowledge through learning. It was downloaded in them. So there was no cost to getting the information. They didn't understand it. They just know it. Okay. All right. You, you don't believe me. All right. <laughs> They didn't get it through experience. They got it because they were created with it. Satan was perfect. The Bible says. He was perfect in knowledge. He didn't get his knowledge through trial and error. He didn't get his knowledge through experience. It was given to him. So God chose to create human beings... In a garden with two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he uses the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to be a contrast to the tree of life. He begins to declare, you're not going to be deposited knowledge like I did the angels. You're going to learn my knowledge through relationship with me. What did Satan offer? He said, you know what? He's holding back on you. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do that. I just got it. And you know what? If you'll do what I tell you to do, you'll become like me. You'll become like Elohim. See, he didn't say you'll become like Yahweh. That's not what he said. He said you'll become like Elohim, which are the spirit beings So what did he do? When Adam partook of the fruit, he was bypassing relationship with God to get information he was not ready for. Have you ever gotten information you weren't ready for? Oh, my gosh. The Internet does it to you all the time. You see, our kids basically have a tree of the knowledge of good and evil right in their hands. And they don't have to have a parent. And that's exactly what Satan wants. He, he wants you to learn things without God's lens. Right, right. Yes, no, you're supposed to see it this way. This is the way it's supposed to be seen. Well, you know what? I thought God was good. Hey, 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 Keep it down around here. God's withholding from you. He's keeping stuff from you. You know, you, you could be like us. You could be like us, know everything. But see, relationship, the tree of life, was something that would be partaken of. Okay? And by partaking of it, they would begin to develop into the image. But Satan offered them a shortcut. And yep. everybody likes a good shortcut. Is there a way that I can get promoted faster? Is there a way that I can get that house sooner? Is there a way that I can get that car, you know, with a little bit less? What can I what do I need to do? What kind of back do I need to scratch to get what I want in life? Hello. Whose palm do I need to grease? To bypass the process. We're all in there. God said, you know what? I'm just going to meet you in the cool of the day. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to tell you things. And you're going to learn things. And you're going to grow. And you're going to incrementally become higher than the Elohim. Oh, come on now. Oh, I've, I've said too much. No, he wants us to bypass skip think we know everything but that's not true in fact you can get in to things that you're not ready for you can you can you can tap in addresses on your browser that you're not ready for it you ain't ready for it your mind can't handle it your body can't handle it your mental state is altered it has changed Through what you see. And that's exactly what he did to Adam and Eve. Amen? So we'll get into Lucifer's rebellion next week. And I've got some good stuff for you. I've got some good stuff for you. Did you like that stuff? I've got some even better stuff for you. All right? But you've got got to see, we're not educating the people. We're protecting people from this. Because the, the, there have been preachers that preach this out of shame. They're ashamed of it. They think it's antiquated. They think it's been basically uh, invalidated. And they're preaching it. Hello. That's the reason why there's very few Ministers with letters behind their names that I trust There's some of them Dr. David Jeremiah, I trust, you know people like that you understand. But there's a whole lot of them out there They've got a degree. They've got all the Lambskins, but they don't have a relationship with God See, the greatest thing I can do for you as a pastor is for me to have my own personal relationship with Jesus. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Oh, yeah, he does talk to the Lord. That, that's good. That's, you know, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be a nice thing to have on your checklist that you have uh, pastors that seek God's face, yeah. read his word? Right. Maybe we don't have the letters that some of them have or the qualifications that you might enjoy. But we're passionate about our pursuit yeah. in pursuing the presence of God. And that's 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 the right. That's the right way to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Glory yeah. to God. Yeah. Jesus victorious. I'm gonna get a shirt. I'm gonna get a T-shirt yeah. made. Jesus victorious. Would you wear it? Yeah. Jesus victorious because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the victory that is in Christ Jesus. And the greatest victory is a victory that can happen to you today. Just as those men made a profession of faith and through water baptism symbolized the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Symbolizing that they're identified with them and also raised with him. They came into newness of life. How would they come in newness of life? Did they join a church? No. We don't have church membership here. We just believe if you're going to hang around, stick around, we're going to keep you. God knows where you're at and he knows where to stick you. Hello. Amen. Amen. And uh, no, it wasn't church membership. Did they uh, do good works and finally get to the place where they could get baptized? No, they didn't do good works at all. They just trusted in the gospel message that Jesus died for your sins according to the scriptures and that he was raised from the dead because of your justification. I'm telling you, God declared him righteous in the belly of hell. And when he did, you were justified right there. You were justified because he paid it for all. He didn't just pay it for some people. He paid it for all people. And if you're one of those that have not received your benefit, you haven't taken hold of that one and only spiritual lottery card in the sky. And it just call your number's being called right now. Amen. You can be transformed and be made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, we're going to have ministers that are going to be up here at the close of service. We've got altars here if you need to pray and seek the Lord on your own. But if you need help, if you need someone to commit together with you and pray the prayer of agreement, they're going to be right here to assist you in any way possible. Amen? Amen. God's got a good plan for you. God's got a whole life planned out for you before the foundation of the world. It's time for you to step into it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they're going to be up here as I close the service. Don't walk out the same way you came in. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're looking forward. We've got a great week planned. We've got Bible school. We've got uh, Wednesday night. Great teaching on the book of Galatians. You're missing half your life by not being there on Wednesday nights. Amen? And then we're just looking forward to all the wonderful things. And we'll see you back here. And we'll talk about the fall of Hillel. And I'm telling you, there's secrets in the teaching that'll just unlock everything for you. You don't want to miss it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus.